This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ. IowaCatholicRadio.com. That's IowaCatholicRadio.com. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. Holiness, it's what we all strive for. It's what we're all called to. But what is it? And how do we get there? My guest today is a CEO of Casting Nets Ministry and a nationally known speaker and soon to be author, right, Hector Molina? Working on that. <laughs> uh, now, now, you were laughing at me a little bit ago, because right before we went on the air, I, I spilled coffee everywhere, so I got nice coffee pants now, <laughs> just for you. I'm doing this. This is, this, is, this is the most uncomfortable interview I've ever done in my life, so <laughs> you get to be a part of it. Um, Hector Molina, what is holiness? That's a great question, uh, and a fundamental question. It's, it really means being set apart, being set apart by God, um, Holiness is, is God's essence. God is holy. And holiness is a participation in God's inner life, the life of the Trinity. Uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in fact, in the first paragraph of the Catechism, uh, it states that uh, God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in an act of sheer goodness, freely made man to make him share in his own blessed life. And so holiness is a sharing, a partaking in the life of God, the divine life, the life of the Holy Trinity. And that's what God created us for. And as you said at the start of the program, that's what we're called to. Mm. We talk about the universal call to holiness. I know you talk about this around the country a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. The universal call to holiness really meaning, the Church meaning, uh, this is what everyone's called to. Not, not one person is to be left out. Absolutely. And this is something that was uh, reiterated by the Second Vatican Council, over the last 50 years, we've been kind of mining and unpacking the teachings of this uh, historic council, and one of the seminal teachings that came out of the council, not a new teaching, but one that the council fathers discerned needed to be reiterated and reproposed to the people of God, is this notion of the universal call to holiness. Uh, still people labor under the misconception that holiness is, you know, something that is relegated to a chosen few that only these special mutant-like human beings have been given some kind of a genetic code that enables them to reach the heights of holiness. And that's kind of how many Catholics, I believe, view the saints as these otherworldly human beings that were somehow gifted in a way that we're not gifted and had access to grace that you and I don't have access to. And it, part of our job, I say our because I know that you are engaged in uh, evangelization on a full-time basis as well, is to, to help to clear up these misconceptions that, no, holiness is the fundamental vocation of the Christian. Hmm. It's the, as John Paul II put it, it's the high standard of ordinary Christian living. And so all of us, by virtue of our, of our baptism, are infused with the Holy Spirit, who lives and dwells within us for the purpose of sanctifying us, of making us holy. And really the key is opening ourselves up to and embracing this call to greatness that God has placed in each and every one of us. Fundamental vocation of the person. Wow. That, that, that's, that's it 
right there. I love it. I don't know what else to say. We could end the interview right there. <laughs> that is, it is the fundamental vocation of every person is holiness. This is what we're called to, to be sanctified. I'm talking to Hector Molina right now as the CEO of Casting Nets Ministry and also a nationally known uh, speaker. If you are a man, you have probably heard him uh, at, a, at a men's conference. He, he travels extensively, and I know you've, you've really hit it out of the park with so many. You were at ours here in the Diocese of Des Moines just a few years yeah. ago, and, and guys are still talking about that. Uh, so what you're saying is, is holiness, it's not just kind of the call for priests and religious. There's a, a new evangelization in town, and the new evangelization is, is for us to be evangelized, us uh, lay folks, the ones that come to Mass every Sunday and maybe leave and, and pat ourselves on the back that it's not just a Sunday thing, that this is an everyday obligation, if you will, for, for all of us, everyone, universal. Absolutely. And I think one of the, I think one of the, the really key aspects of the new evangelization, you know, what makes it new? Well, it's the same gospel, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, really it's who, to whom it's directed. Uh, John Paul II, in his great wisdom, realized that it was incumbent upon the Church to recognize the great need to re-evangelize, to re-propose the gospel to those who've already been baptized. We kind of take for granted that people who come to Church know Jesus, hmm. and that people who come to Church are in right relationship with Jesus, or that people who come to Church understand their dignity and their fundamental vocation to become holy. But the fact of the matter is that there are many many Catholics who unfortunately have yet to encounter Jesus, who have yet to enter into a, a life-giving and, and, and life-changing relationship with him. And many of these people are the people that we sit next to on Sunday. Many of these people are the people who are involved in our parishes, good people, to be sure. But yet God doesn't merely call us to goodness. God calls us to greatness, to mm. holiness. And I believe, John, that one of the great cancers, if you will, spiritual cancers, that uh, is devastating so many Christians in the Church today is the cancer of mediocrity, spiritual mediocrity, hmm. or theologically speaking, acedia, spiritual sloth, this laziness, this lethargy that I think has infected so many Christians who are not striving for greatness, for holiness, for which we were created, but who are just meandering about fulfilling their their Sunday obligation, and really trying to get by by doing the bare minimum and by avoiding, you know, the big evils, uh, breaking the big commandments, uh, but just trying to keep their heads down and stay out of trouble. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't find that in my Bible. Right. <laughs> my Bible tells me, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. My Bible tells me, be holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. My Bible says in First Thessalonians 4, 3, it says, this is the will of God your holiness, your sanctification. My Bible tells me that when the rich young man asked the Lord, what do I need to do to get to heaven? The Lord said, obey the commandments. Which commandments? The Lord begins to list them. He says, I've obeyed all these since my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus looks at him and he says, if you would be perfect, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, your treasure will be great in heaven, then come follow me. The rich young man left, and this caused great consternation on the part of the apostles. He said, Lord, you know, you got this all wrong. If you want to attract followers, you've got to lower the bar. This thing about being perfect, it's not going to fly. Who can become perfect? Who, based on that requirement, who can be saved then? Hmm. Jesus turns to them, and he doesn't say, well, you know what, Peter, you're right. This is a really poor way of marketing 
my good news. I've got to lower the bar, water down my message. Let me just call people to be good, for goodness sake. He didn't do that. He stood firm, and he reiterated his point that, no, he is calling us to nothing less than perfection. And he says to them, he says, the key is that for human beings, this is impossible. You and I can't make ourselves holy. We cannot become holy uh, based upon our own volition and our own desire, apart from the grace of God and apart from His Holy Spirit. He's the one who makes us holy. The problem is that we have resigned ourselves, many of us, to this notion that holiness is unattainable. I can never become perfect. I can never become a Padre Pio. I can never become a John Paul II. I can never become as holy as a St. Therese of Lisieux. And the list goes on and on. We just throw in the towel because we admire their great heroic virtue, and then we look in the mirror and we say, oh boy, (laughs) there's just no way. But yet God invites us to trust in Him that through His divine power, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier, that He wills and desires to make us holy. The fundamental problem standing in the way of our holiness is us is our lack of faith and our lack of trust in Jesus. The key to holiness begins with our desire. St. Thomas Aquinas, his sister, asked him once, he said, Tommy boy, what do I need to do to become a saint? And it's reported that St. Thomas Aquinas, the great doctor of the Church, author of the Summa Theologiae, he turns to her and said two words, Will it? Hmm. Yeah. Will it? You know, and and I, I love what you're saying here, because it's so easy to think, you know, and to grow with this, you know, demon on my left shoulder, angel on my right, just kind of choose between what's good and what's bad. And what you're saying is, you know, don't don't stay there. Go between what's good and what's better, right? That's where the saints operated. They never just did enough to get by. There was always more, as you said. Absolutely. When the saints recognize what so many of us fail to recognize, and that is that God, God is omnipotent. For God, nothing is impossible. And this is what Jesus precisely tells the apostles after this encounter with the rich young man. It's for human beings, for men, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. See, God wills and desires to make us saints. And really what he is requiring of us is our cooperation, our consent, our fiat. And in that way, we are to imitate our Blessed Mother and all those who sought to imitate her in giving our consent, our permission, uh, being able to say, Ecce ancilla domini fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me. And the problem for so many of us is that we just don't believe, we don't trust, we don't understand that for God nothing is impossible, that he desires, wills for us to become saints. He created us for this. He's hardwired us for heaven. And yet so many of us throw in the towel and do not begin to cooperate with His grace because we just believe it to be unattainable or something that is, as you said before, relegated for a, a few chosen ones that God gifts in ways that He doesn't gift us. We're able to ascend the heights of heaven. And, you know, one of my favorite saints is St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, and I, I revere her and I honor her and I love her so much because she teaches us that God puts these desires in us for greatness, Hmm. and we are hardwired for heaven and for grace and for His love, and that He can take even the most lowly among us, the most humble among us, the most unassuming among us, and like a good father, He reaches down to lift His children up to heaven and that we might ascend the heights of heaven. 
And all that is necessary is that we do small things with great love. Yeah, so you're not saying here that greatness means I, I have to go and start a religious order with you know, 600 communities in 120 countries like St. Teresa exactly. of Calcutta. That, that the greatness, you know, the, the kind of jumping out of the mediocrity, actually paradoxically happens in the smallest of ways with the greatest of love. Exactly. Love is the key, and, and, and this is what all the great saints teach us. Uh, we just recently canonized St. Teresa of Calcutta, and she reminded us, as her forebearers, you know, Therese of Lisieux and St. Teresa of Avila, the great Teresas of the Church, that it's love that animates us. See, we were created by love, for love, to love, to be loved by God, to love Him, and to love our neighbor. The key is love, and it's not, as you say, required that we sell all of our possessions, get on a boat, travel around the world to a country that, you know, whose language we don't know how to speak and, and, and to give our lives for Christ. No. We're called in the ordinary circumstances of our lives, as, as a housewife or, or as a father or a husband. Um, whatever walk of life, whatever vocation, whatever state of life, we are to love with the love of Christ and to infuse all of what we do, every single action, regardless of how menial we might perceive it to be, if we infuse that with love, then that's what God does. He takes that, and He's able to mold and shape us into great saints. But it's love that animates us, and all of us are capable of loving. And God wishes us to, to deepen our awareness of just how powerful that love is. It transforms us, and it transforms all those around us. You know, I liken it to the question of, you know, I, I mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas before, you know, he, he takes what Aristotle lays out, you know, Aristotle wrote in his Nicomachean Ethics about the magnanimous man, and he spoke of magnanimity, you know, uh, the striving forth of the mind and the heart to great things. A magnanimous person deems himself worthy of great things, and Thomas Aquinas, he latched onto that, and he Christified it, you know, he, he Catholicized it and said, you know, Aristotle's onto something. Where he falls short is that he thinks that magnanimity is reserved for a chosen few, whereas we Christians, we believe that magnanimity, which literally from the Latin it means mania anima, great soul, that everyone is given, is called to have a great soul, and that each and every one of us are capable, by virtue of God's grace, to strive for great things, namely the greatest being heaven, the beatific vision, holiness. And unfortunately, many of us suffer from the opposing vice, from magnanimity. Magnanimity means being great-souled. And yet many of us suffer from pusillanimity, which means small-souled. Many of us shrink from this calling because we don't have faith in ourselves. We don't have faith, more importantly, in God's grace. And we just don't believe and trust that God is able to take us, poor sinners, <laughs> who are imperfect and who are broken, and that he's somehow unable to redeem us, to uh, mold us and to shape us into great saints. And my message, and I know it's yours as well, John, as we travel the country preaching parish missions, is to remind the faithful of this glorious vision that Christ gives to us, that God gives to us through his Church, that we've forgotten. And I think the Council Fathers 50 years ago um, I think it was an inspiration of the Holy Spirit, realized that we need to remind the people of God 
that we're not called merely to be good, but we're called to be holy. I want to uh, challenge our listeners here, and, and I think in challenging our listeners, because I'm challenged with this every day, I want to go personal with you. You've recently... Uh, really been been struck with something that uh, I pray to God most people have never or would never be struck with, and that's something so close to home with you. Describe the suffering that's taking place in your life right now and how you've responded to it. My wife had a, a major health crisis over a year ago, um, right after she delivered our sixth child, um, our third boy. Uh, two weeks later, she had a medical emergency. And long story short, it was a life-threatening condition, um, basically her liver, which suffered a hematoma, which bled into the sac that holds the liver, causing her excruciating pain and threatening her life. In the course of her being uh, examined for the possibility of emergency surgery, <laughs> on top of all of what we were going through, they diagnosed her. They discovered that she had second-stage papillary thyroid cancer. And uh, that had metastasized into her lungs. Uh, it was just devastating. Uh, it was one thing after the other. And um, so we've been through a real roller coaster um, as a family. We have six young, small children. Um, it was pretty devastating. And we have been um, bearing that cross in the midst of um, so much that's been happening personally. And And believe it or not, John, and this is going to sound really strange, but... Um, it's been a tremendous grace from God. Um, you know, our Lord speaks to us um, beautifully about uh, what discipleship is about. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Each and every one of us have crosses to bear, and the crosses that we bear are God's instruments for our sanctification. You know, uh, this is something that has hit home in a very, very personal way. I mean, we've all had our crosses throughout life, different kinds of crosses. This one has been the most painful uh, by far to bear, um, as it really strikes at the heart of our family, which is my wife, the mother of of, of our children. Um, But it's forced us to really dig deep and to ask some very fundamental questions in terms of the meaning of life and the meaning of our faith. And I thank God, in a strange way, um, but nevertheless a true way, for the gift of this cross that enables us to value the gift of life and to live every moment as if it were our last, and to trust in the Lord, because you know we don't know what's going to happen and how all this is going to, to turn out, but we trust and we have confidence in Jesus. And in this year of mercy, which just was announced not long after uh, my wife began her treatment. Um, it has just been a phenomenal experience to um, to dive into the ocean of God's mercy and to understand, as Faustina teaches us, that God requires of us complete trust. And our prayer over the past year has been, Jesus, we trust in Thee. And as we've endured this, I, I have found that uh, in my own preaching, in my own evangelization, in my own prayer life, that the Lord is stretching me, and He's testing me, and this pain in 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 a miraculous way is is changing. It's it's sanctifying me, uh, and Lord knows I need that sanctification. Lord knows I need that purification. Mm. And uh, you know, I remember Fulton Sheen used to say um, in his preachings as he would pass by, drive by a hospital, he'd lament and sigh and say, "All that wasted suffering." And it seems paradoxical, but 
there's something to that. Um, when we're able to offer up our sufferings uh, and uniting those sufferings to the sufferings of Christ, something incredible happens in the heart of a human being. And as my family, as I, uh, my wife in particular, as we suffer through this, um, this uncertainty, as we suffer through her illness and, and her recovery and, and all that that entails, and as we endure this with our children um, who don't fully grasp what's going on, we, we offer that suffering up uh, to the Lord for the sake of the salvation of souls. And, you know, I believe all of us are, are carrying crosses, and if we were to trust in Jesus and to offer that up with love and with thanksgiving to the Lord... Um, your, your voice completely changed from the first half of this interview to the second. And, and, well, and I mentioned that. I mentioned that because this is, this is real life. And a lot of times we can come under the assumption that holiness is something kind of set apart from my regular life. It's something, you know, way out there that, uh, you know, I can kind of put on, you know, during this part of the day or during this time of the week and then kind of take it off for the, the rest of what's going on. And the reason why I, I wanted you to, to talk this morning in a very personal way about, about your own struggle and suffering is because you are doing exactly what you were speaking about at the first half of this, but you're putting it into practice now and it hits home. It's real. It's real life. You're taking everyday circumstances, especially such a devastating one, like you've gone through with your family, and you're saying there's holiness to be found and to be lived right here. It's not running from it, but it's embracing it as you're doing. And and I could, I'll just tell you, man, I, I, I could just tell by the, by the way you were speaking and the, how your voice completely changed on that, that this is not just a suffering and a pain, but it's also, it's also where you and your family are being sanctified. Absolutely, and, so. and, and, and that, that extends beyond my wife and myself um, to our children who, who've endured a suffering that I, I mean, I get choked up just thinking about it, um, because they're struggling with real issues of, uh, of pain and, and uncertainty. And my wife and I, as we seek to, to, to lead and to teach our children by example, um, strive to model for them what it means to trust in Jesus and that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. You are you are a dynamo, man. I, I just I can't thank you enough for coming on here. I, I could talk to you for the next three hours on this, especially what you've gone through personally. But I I want to send all the listeners that are listening right now to your website. So what's your website? It's hectormolina.com or castingnetsministries.com. Hectormolina.com, castingnetsministries.com. God bless you, brother. I, I'm praying for you. I really I have been praying for you for a long time. You're living this out, man. This is real life. Like I said, you are living out what it is that you're speaking around the country. God's grace abounds, my friend. That's it. He will give us all that we need according to his riches and glory. And so let's avail ourselves. Please pray for me. Know that I pray for you and all of your listeners. God bless you. Let's run the race and let's endure. HectorMolina.com, everyone. So there you have it, friends. Holiness, making the ordinary extraordinary. And not just something for the select few. It's for you as well. Friends, these aren't just words, this universal call to holiness that the Second Vatican Council calls us to. It's not just something that sounds good. It's quite frankly a challenge. A challenge for each of us to take on in our life, to become holy, to become saints in the everyday circumstances that are presented to us. This universal call to holiness, something to be lived in the everyday, ordinary ways in which we get up in the morning and go to bed at night and everything else in between. 
Thanks to Hector Molina, my guest today, that puts this into practice. Friends, make sure to share this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life on Facebook and Twitter, inviting your friends to take part in the show. Visit our website, yourcatholiclifepodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm John Lee Nettie, friends, signing off here at Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.